Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. This is Mother Miriam live, and I am Miriam. I am Mother Miriam, and I am live, and I always apologize for the encores we need to run every so often. Um, but I'm back live today, and I'm, I am absolutely fine, and I'm so thrilled and happy, as always, to be with you. Today is a very, very special day. It is the Nativity, the anniversary of the birth of of Our Lady, the anniversary of the birth of the Mother of Our Salvation, a most special day. And for us, at the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, uh, that is the day we became a public association of the faithful, and when I took my vows, very, very special day for us. The scriptures are magnificent for this day, filled with Old Testament prophecy. Um, and um, Dom Garanger, um, the first abbot of Salem, St. Peter's in Salem, France, um, uh, has written a 15-year, a 15-volume liturgy of the year on the Benedictine um, year, liturgical year, which we follow as Benedictines. And on the Nativity of the Virgin Mary, he says this, let us celebrate the Nativity of the Virgin Mary. Let us adore her Son, Christ, our Lord. Such is the invitation addressed to us today by the Church. Let us hearken to her call. Let us enter into her overflowing joy. Beloved, it's a second-class feast. For us, it's first-class. She is Our Lady, and um, we are celebrating her today um, with wonderful prayer and uh, liturgy, and um, and a procession we are going to have on our new property. We're just so, so thrilled to be here in Tyler, Texas, and um, in Winona, and great, so grateful for the people who have given us land and houses and food and everything else. So our all eternity won't be grateful enough. And one of our new aspirants said, couldn't we have a procession? And I, well, we're pretty new, and we, we yes, the answer is yes, so we're going to do that. The uh, lady of our particular um, community is Our Lady of Guadalupe, so we're going to have a little procession with her and flowers and the, the sisters in our community. As of yet, there's two in here that, who haven't arrived yet, but we will do as we have, um, and we're, we're just so thrilled for it. Um, Dom Garanger says the bridegroom is at hand. Now, he lived in the 1800s. He's not alive today, but he's left us a wonderful inheritance of his writings. The bridegroom is at hand, for his throne is now set up on earth, yet a little while, and he will appear in the diadem of our human nature, wherewith his mother is to crown him on the day of the joy of his heart and of ours today is on the glorious assumption um, today, rather, as on the glorious assumption, the sacred canticle is heard. But this time, it belongs more to earth than to heaven. And the bridegroom is at hand. We're talking about his second coming. And um, 
uh, we're going to tell you very soon about a new fund drive that begins, I believe it's October 3rd, through the Station of the Cross. And the theme is the theme of the bridegroom, I am coming soon. Whoops, I don't know what just happened. Hold on one moment, please. Okay, here we go. Um, Okay, today, as on the glorious assumption, the sacred canticle is heard, but this time it belongs more to earth than to heaven. Let me just open this. Hold on just a moment. Uh Uh-oh. I just closed down the site. I'm so sorry. Hold on a moment. Here it is. Let me get it back. I don't know what I do. I'm not so tech-savvy. But I'm learning. I'm getting there. Here we go. Hold on just a moment. I'll bring it back. And so again, this is for the glorious feast day today. Um, The nativity, that is the celebration, the anniversary of the birth of the Virgin Mary. Um, Just as we celebrate our nativity uh, as our birthday. And every year we have a birthday anniversary of that celebration. Truly a better paradise than the first is given us at this hour. Eden, fear no more that man will endeavor to enter thee. Thy cherubim may leave the gates and return to heaven. What are thy beautiful fruits to us, since we cannot touch them without dying? Death is now for those who will not eat of the fruit so soon to appear amid the flowers of the virgin earth to which our God has led us. Hail, new world, far surpassing in magnificence the first creation. Hail, blessed haven, where we find a calm after so many storms. Aurora dawns, the rainbow glitters in the heavens, the dove comes forth, the ark rests upon the earth, offering new destinies to the world. The haven, the aurora, the rainbow, the dove, the ark of salvation, the paradise of the heavenly Adam, the creation whereof the former was but a shadow, all this art thou, sweet infant, in whom already dwell all grace, all truth, all life. Thou art the little cloud which the father of prophets in the suppliant anguish of his soul awaited. And thou bringest refreshment to the parched earth. Under the weakness of thy fragile form appears the mother of fair love and of holy hope. Thou art that other light cloud of exquisite fragrance, which our desert sends up to heaven. In the incomparable humility of thy soul, which knows not itself, the angels, standing like armed warriors around thy cradle, recognize their queen. O tower of the true David, citadel withstanding the first shock of Satan's attack and breaking all his power, true Zion, founded on the holy mountains, the highest summits of virtue, temple, and palace, feebly foreshadowed by those of Solomon, house built by eternal wisdom for herself, The faultless lines of thy fair architecture were planned from all eternity, together with the Emmanuel, together with Emmanuel, 
who predestined thee for his home of delights, thou art thyself, O blessed child, the crowning point of creation, the divine ideal fully realized on earth. Let us then, Dom Geringer says, let us then understand the church when even on this day she proclaims thy divine maternity and unites in her chants of praise the birth of Emmanuel, God with us, and thine own, he who being son of God by essence willed to be also son of man, had before all other designs decreed that he would have a mother. Such consequently was the primordial absolute character of that title of mother, that in the eternal decree it was one with the very being of the chosen creature, the motive and cause of her existence, as well as the source of all her perfections, natural and supernatural. We too then must recognize thee as a mother, even from thy very cradle, and must celebrate thy birthday by adoring thy Son, our Lord. Inasmuch as it embraces all the brethren of the man-God, thy blessed paternity, dear Mary, sheds its rays upon all time, both before and after this happy day. How I wish, beloved, that every Protestant understood the mother that the Son has given us and the son the mother has given us. God is our king before ages. He hath wrought salvation in the midst of the earth. The midst of the earth, says the abbot of Clairvaux, admirably presents Mary. Mary is the center of the universe, the ark of God, the cause of creation, the business of ages. Towards her, turn the inhabitants of heaven and the dwellers in the place of expiation, the men that have gone before us, and we that are now living, those who are to follow us, our children's children, look for their deliverance, the men of the first ages, that they may be found faithful prophets, those that come after, that they may obtain eternal happiness. Mother of God, Queen of heaven, sovereign of the world, all generations shall call thee blessed, for thou hast brought forth life and glory for all men. In thee the angels ever find their joy. The just find grace, sinners find pardon. In thee and by thee, Mary, and from thee, the merciful hand of the Almighty has reformed the first creation. Beloved, we'll be back with more of Don Garanger on this nativity of the Blessed Mother right after the break. You're welcome to call in this entire hour with anything on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. And we'll be right back. Hello. 
this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Should pastors and churches place expectations and obligations on the congregation? Your average non-Catholic evangelical church would say no, maybe even no way. They would say, we don't need written order, discipline, or expectations. Those should derive from the Holy Spirit and personal desire, not from a church. Each Christian's conscience should be sufficient for correction and discipline. And the Holy Spirit will personally lead each believer as to how one should go to church, not to mention what church to attend. In contrast, Catholics say yes to obligations. So here's your toolbox for evangelism. Natural law says human society cannot be well-ordered nor prosperous unless it has a legitimate authority to preserve its institutions. Secondly, the Bible says in multiple places, such as Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you. And thirdly, the Catholic Church says when we are properly ordered, she will be capable of resisting conformity to the contemporary demands of unhealthy individualism. This is Steve Gleason with your Catholic Questions Live. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station on the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Jesus' mother stood by the cross as he died for us. She had been told that a sword would pierce her own soul, so she bore the suffering bravely. So many abortions happen because mothers are afraid to bear the suffering that comes with fulfilling God's plan for their child. Let's point them to the example of Mary and the strength of Christ that they may choose life. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we are live, and I'm thrilled for that, and we welcome your calls, your texts, your emails, uh, toll-free 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the Um We're going to go back to our article, but James, do we have a caller at this point? I think we do. We do. We have Janet from Virginia holding patiently on the line, and I'd like to welcome Janet to the program this morning. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live, Janet, and go ahead with your question for Mother. Hi, Janet. Oh, thank you so much. Hi, Mother Miriam. I have a quick, um, I just need some clarification. I'm certainly, um, I I listened to your show uh, that was already aired. It was last night, probably yesterday's show. But on there, you mentioned something about um, there being, uh, what is it, um, 2023, that, you know, the, the grid will be going down. I just want to understand, like, how do you, how do we know that this is a certainty? I'm just, needless to say, I'm on edge. Yes, yes, yes. Um, there are, if you just look up, uh, if you do an internet search, grid going down in 2023, you'll come up with many articles. The main problem right now, as far as the headlines are concerned, is the Texas grid which has not been repaired. The entire grid 
of the United States electric grid has been in danger for many years. And for some reason, presidents and others have not repaired it. Um, and we've been in danger of, of an attack. If, if that's taken down by a foreign nation, we'll be in bad shape. Um, and so as of now, um, we're talking about, uh, if, if you look that up, I see many Governor Greg Abbott touts Texas Power Grid's readiness, um, uh, it, predicting the future of Texas's grid as a Texas-sized challenge. U.S. Midwest, I'm reading titles here, may have summer power shortages for years. Um, and um, many of the, you know, there are a number of grids. Biden, just now I have another uh, uh, headline here, but it's from May. It's a little old that his administration launches a $2.5 billion fund, and it's to strengthen our power grid of the whole country. It's been in very bad shape for a long time. So um, I, I don't know this, as I've, I've said many times, dear one, I'm not a prophet of any kind, but I think there's been enough warning that we need to learn how to how to live without electricity now. Not wait till the end of this year, but now. Um, there's already that I I saw two days ago rolling power outages in California. So, in other words, they're shutting down the grid voluntarily for certain ten percent of the population at a time will have no power at all for two hours at a time, and they're going to just roll it. You know, one area of California won't have power for two hours, then another area, then another. And the one didn't have power for two hours will have power now. But they're just going to roll it and control somehow the power grid. So, and, and I think it's affected Nevada and Arizona and other states. So we're not waiting until 2023. Um, with, the, with the heat waves that are, we've been experiencing and other things, um, we need to be prepared to live without electricity, Janet. So I would say don't panic. Uh, while you still have electricity, go on the Internet, look at um, preparedness um, uh, to live with no elect- to cook with no electricity, to live without electricity, all of that, um, uh, to live without being able to buy food. It's time to do it now. Buy whatever food you can, get as much water as you can behind you, but prepare right now to begin to learn how to cook, how to live without any electricity whatsoever. Learn how to grow your own garden um, to start fires again without electricity and all of that. So um, it's not to panic. God is giving us a little bit of time, I, but I think that time is running out. So that's the story, Janet. And you can go online and just type in power grid, power uh, grid, and um, it's um, a future, and and you'll get lots of articles. Okay, so yeah, I'm probably just doing a search on cooking and living yeah. without electricity, and I'm sure lots of websites come up. Oh, tons, absolutely tons. But again, you've got to get the right food supplies. Um, someone, we have tons of beans and rice. That's our preparation for the future, food-wise. And we were told just a couple of days ago by a very wonderful family that you don't even need to cook that if you just soak the beans and the rice together for a couple of days, it'll be soft enough and edible enough. You don't even have to cook it. So um, 
uh, but but you want to prepare all those things and find out, you know, how to grow some things on your own. Okay. All right. Well, Mother, thank you so much for your time on this. You're welcome, Janet. Sure. Okay. God bless you. We'll pray for each other. We have our friend, don't we, James? We do. We have Kurt in Boston, Massachusetts, returning to the show. Good morning, Kurt. What do you have for us this morning? Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Mother Mary. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm great, Kurt. How are you, dear? Um, terrifying the countryside, let's put it that way. Okay. Um, they need to be a little terrified. It's okay. Oh, yeah. No, the thing is, is I mean, of course, the Men's March is coming up in Boston, and as I'm promoting that Good. in an hour's radius around Boston, you know, you're trying to promote the urgency of the personhood of the unborn and up against Roe v. Wade. Um, you've got the deep state. You've got the deep church. You've got the truth in the, de- in, in the secular world. You've got the truth in the church. They both seem to be becoming silenced because those in the deep state and in the deep church are trying to basically take away, let's say, in the deep church. They they push tradition as a history lesson, but yet people are afraid, if almost politically correct, to engage into the secular order. I say that because when I push the uh, the men's march, let's say, for instance, I talk to a lot of people in these churches, and especially mine up in St. Agnes, I'm heard, oh, yeah, could I just found out that we should not be promoting this. First, he told me they could not, so I go down to Jim Havens, he says, no, could it's should not. But what Why? I'm getting at is... Why? Why should I'm not? Getting, well, that's Why? my whole point. He but says, what did they the say? supposed to promote is the once a year rally in Washington, D.C. So this flies in the face. Yes, it does. Even promoting. So what I'm trying to get at is everybody is basically neutered spiritually because they think, well, as long as I go into church, sit, kneel, stand, pray, give a couple of bucks, walk out and then keep my mouth shut. Therefore, I'm being a good Catholic. And that's not the case. He who denies me before men, said Jesus, I will deny before my Father in heaven. To be silent is to deny him. Right, exactly. So I, I believe those, even that Protestant theme, you know, where they have no understanding of the of, of the truth of the sacraments here we are in the church and i just i just watched the thing about father ripperger about handing down all the rights of the church literally i handed from the apostles you right. can trace every single right that's right so when it comes down to the new mass of course i even thought this was weird and i never say it when they say blessed be god forever now, that's a talmudic blessing i always say blessed be i always say uh, blessed be god undivided trinity father son and holy spirit that's the actual prayer so you have to ask yourself that's not the actual prayer from the from the jewish uh uh origin it's in the latin right when you look at the yeah in the latin right that's fine yes and and god is father son and holy spirit they're saying the same thing but they don't know it right right so that and and that's my point so when i bring these things up I'm I'm kind of looked at, you know, but I don't care. I bring it up for the truth, and I'm trying to use uh, cut to the chase. Let's get to the faith because look, the we new don't have much Lord time. That's right. To get rid of the, 
the new world order trying to get rid of the old world order. The old world order is Christendom. And by all its schisms and the Reformation, the revolt, and even the Second Vatican Council when they hijacked it with the progressivism, this is where we're at. So, Well, we're beyond this now, Kurt. We're beyond this now, Kurt. And um, because the church has failed uh, the world, failed the church, failed the sheep, and failed the world, um, I don't know if anyone heard President Biden's speech last week, but it was um, totally evil and horrific. Every word he said was good if he was talking about the right thing, but he's not. And he is, uh, his aim is totally to shut down anything of Christianity whatsoever, anything that's good and right and holy, completely shut it down. He used good words to describe the evil that he wants to impart. It's really awful, Kurt. So nothing new under the sun, my dear brother. Um, you, this is, uh, you've, been, you've been speaking truth forever. Never get weary, never give up. Oh, I won't, but I'll say one more thing. So this is why I say I, I belong to more rosary groups. Go to confession. Keep saying this. I'll say it to everybody that I can. We need to get out in full force, especially this October 15th, to stand up for the truth. Because we can overtake these people. Because we're seeing all the hints of of the lukewarmness in the church, you know, they won't excommunicate, they need to, you know. So all I'm trying to say is hold fast to the tradition, say your rosary, it's very powerful, get to confession and hold fast to the truth. Act Mm -hmm. like a traditional Catholic. Act like a Catholic, you don't need labels, just Catholic. Yes. Or true, but see, in today's world, Mother Mary, I know, sweetheart. Think in today's world, Catholic is just to walk in, speak whatever, say whatever, yeah, look however you want to be dressed, mm-hmm. and we need to speak out and, yeah, and do, basically sweetheart. admonish the fellow parishioners. And we say, do. Hey, wake up, you know what I mean? We do. We do. God bless you, Kurt. I'm going to go to our emails. You're you're a dear brother, and you're right on target always. God bless you, dear one. Um, James, let's let's go ahead to, to emails because we have catching up to do. Sure. So this is an email uh, from Diane. And Diane, I've actually met Diane in person. She's a friend mm. at the station here in Buffalo, New York. So. How nice. Hi, Diane. Diane says, Dear Mother Miriam, I'm intrigued with the article you've been reading on mass hypnosis because my mother was easily hypnotized. Her doctor actually hypnotized her for the birth of her third child. She felt no pain. When you quoted this article that the patient's mental focus is so narrow and intense that they cut that they don't notice that their body is being cut into, hmm. it struck a nerve with me. The body being cut into. Today, we convince people that they can become transgender and remove healthy body parts. Women can have abortions, killing their own children, while being convinced that it is reproductive freedom. And now COVID. This is an atrocity. We must focus on God. And I'll pause there until we return from this break. Yes, okay. Okay, thanks so much, James. Diana, already love what you've written. It's tragic, but it's, uh, it's well said. Um, we'll have a half hour, dear ones, when we come back from this break. For anything at all that's on your heart, again, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. does not have to be our subject. Um, toll free, feel free to call in with anything at all, one 511 5483 or email at mother at and we'll be right back. 
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. A prayer to the Sacred Heart that St. Gertrude the Great wrote. I salute thee, O Sacred Heart of Jesus, living and vivifying source of eternal life, infinite treasure of the divinity, ardent furnace of divine love. Thou art the place of my repose and my refuge. Enkindle in my heart the fire of that ardent love with which thine own is inflamed. Pour into my heart the great graces of which thine is the source and grant that my heart may be so closely united to thine that thy will may be mine and that my will may be eternally conformed to thine since I desire that henceforth thy holy will may be the rule of all my desires and all my actions. Amen. precisely because of its repetition is a powerful prayer. It instills confidence in us and Pius XII says it also has a gentle compulsion on the heart of Jesus and Mary. It compels them, so to speak, not to change their minds, but rather to give what we so ardently desire, to grant that which they so ardently want to give us and we show ourselves in a certain way worthy of. That's Sermons for Everyday Living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I mentioned before the break this is our whole half hour together and call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Uh, you can call in anonymously if you wish. You can text at the toll-free number as well. That's one 511 5483 or email at mother at the Just before the break, um, James, dear, you were reading an email from Diane. Could you recap that from the beginning? Absolutely. So Diane says, Dear Mother Miriam, I am intrigued with the article you've been reading on mass hypnosis because my mother was easily hypnotized. Her doctor actually hypnotized her for the birth of her third child. She felt no pain. When you quoted this article that the patient's mental focus is so narrow and intense that they don't notice that their body is being cut into, it struck a nerve with me. The body being cut into. Today, we convince people that they can become transgender and remove healthy body parts. Women can have abortions, killing their own children, while being convinced that it is a reproductive freedom. And now COVID, this is an atrocity. We must focus on God. When a society is not God-focused, it is easily hypnotized. I was born in 1966, summer of love 1967, with contraception, quote, sex and drugs and rock and roll, rampant. The focus began to shift from God to sins of the flesh. This is an easy snare of the devil. My father was Jewish and my mother Protestant. I was raised with no faith. I relate to those with no faith. 
I understand and empathize with how easily hypnotized they are by the world. On that same program last Thursday, a female caller called in concerned about lecturing at her brother's wedding. You questioned if she should even go because he and his bride were not practicing Catholics. This hit home for me because when I, was mar- when I married my Catholic husband, I was not Catholic. We were allowed to marry in a Catholic church without a full mass. If I had not promised to raise the children Catholic, I may have never taken that Bible study on Matthew that converted me. I was totally convinced halfway through that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and our Savior. Wow. Praise be to God. He works in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. And she concludes here with, Mother Miriam, I'm an avid listener and relate to you with my Jewish roots and strong conversion. I love you. Peace, Diane. Oh, Diane, what a beautiful email and a very good, um, um, very good thought here. Um, I believe, now you said you weren't Catholic, but I believe your husband was, which is the, the man you were marrying was Catholic, which is why you agreed to raise your children Catholic in, in, when you were married in the church, even though it wasn't a mass. I, if I recall um, the woman on Friday, she nor her husband, the man she was marrying rather, were, were Catholic or practicing, neither one of them. And so... Where one is Catholic and the other spouse will agree to raise the children Catholic, this is a good thing. It's still not the best situation, but it's a good thing, and blessed be God that his grace converted you. Um, But I do think in that situation, um, not either of them were Catholic. They just wanted a Catholic wedding, but they wouldn't have even known what it is to raise their children Catholic. So... Um, I don't even remember if they were baptized. So I think that was the basis of my telling them not to marry uh, in the Catholic Church and the woman not to go to her her children's wedding. I think that's the case. James, uh, let's continue with emails. um, And we'll wait for your calls. As soon as we get a call in, we'll take it in between your emails. Okay, so our next email today is from Rose. And Rose says, Dear Mother Miriam, First, I would like to say that I like listening to your program. Your answers to Catholic questions make sense to me. You are not sugarcoating or bending to today's beliefs. God gave us commandments. Jesus gave us teachings. Time cannot change that. Today, I'm coming to you with a question, and I would like to know what your thoughts are because I want to act the way Jesus would want me to, and I feel that you can help. I have a son who is going to be proposing to his girlfriend, but the problem is that she is atheist and doesn't want to become Christian and marry in church. They aren't getting married in the church. So, as a Catholic parent, should I support or contribute to my son's wedding? Would contributing put me in a sinful position? I don't want to be too firm because I don't want to ruin my son's relationship, but I never stop hoping that with time, there can be a conversion. Please pray for my son. Thank you, Mother Miriam. Sincerely, Rose. Rose, dear one, the problem is that you don't want to ruin your son's relationship. You need to ruin your son's relationship. Apostle Paul writes, what fellowship does our Lord have with Belial, with Satan, with those who are not in Christ? We have no fellowship. It must be ruined. It's not of God. Now, it could be, um, as, as our Rose spoke, not Rose, but uh, uh, our last emailer, I, I forget her name right now, but um, uh, as, as she said, God can, can do that. He can convert um, whom he wishes. There's no quite. That was Diane. Uh, there's no question. God can do that, 
But um, uh, if your son is a practicing Catholic, he must not and may not marry an atheist. Now, it happens, and again, if the atheist, um, did you say, did she say, James, that she would be married in the church or not married in the church? I have to figure that one out. Let's see. Uh, She says the problem is that the fiancé is atheist and doesn't want to become Christian or marry in church. Well, that means she's not going to raise her children Catholic. And if your son is Catholic, he is um, sinning against God by marrying someone who's not even open to raising the children, to respecting his own, the, the religion of her husband. There's no chance in that marriage. And if you support it in any way, yes, you will be in sin. Because you'll support him going into sin. You will support an invalid marriage. It will not be valid in the Catholic Church. It will not be valid. In order for it to be valid, um, the spouse needs to agree to raise the children Catholic. She is not interested. It will not be a valid marriage. They will be living in fornication. And so, yes, you will be in sin if you support that in any way whatsoever. Let's take the next email, James. Our next email comes from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Hello, Mother. I'm a big fan of the show. Is it wrong if I only go to confession and receive communion at Latin Mass? I still attend the new Mass, and I'm not against receiving sacraments there. I just enjoy the Latin Mass more, and I'm guaranteed to receive communion straight from the priest's hand. Thanks, Mm -hmm. and God be with you. Well, no, um, it's not sinful whatsoever. You can go to the Latin Mass as much as you want. Even though you still attend the new Mass, and you're not against receiving sacraments there, the fact that you enjoy the Latin Mass more and guaranteed receive communion from the priest, not from a... Uh, lay minister, so-called, um, is a wonderful thing. Why you don't go all the time would be my question. Um, but no, you're not wrong at all. You can go to confession there, receive communion at any time whatsoever. Uh, there's no issue there. Uh, I just wish you would do that all the time instead of going between both. But no, there's not a problem at all. James? And this is a text from someone else that writes in anonymously and says, Good evening, Mother Miriam. My question is, why can't canceled priests join the SSPX? I wish Mm. that I could attend Mass there, but there is none around me. Thank you for speaking the truth about our glorious faith. God bless. Oh, wow. Um, Canceled priests can join the SSPX. They're free to do what they wish. Um, SSPX is um, an order that has still a very questionable, if not definitely schismatic, um, standing in the church. I, I, I just, it grieves me to say that because there are bishops who do not believe they're in schism. Um, but there are bishops and cardinals who do believe they're in schism. Uh, the one I mention most of the time is Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke, uh, one of the highest uh, canon lawyers in the church who headed the apostolic signatura and he believes they're still in schism. Um, There are other good canon lawyers who do not believe they're in schism, so I have no way to judge that. But but if they're in schism, which at least is a great question if it's not totally settled, I, I think the Pope would have to make it clear that they're not in schism. He has not done that. And because he's granted them certain faculties for certain occasions, which he wouldn't have to do if they were not in schism. So cancel priests can do that. Um, Cancel priests are 
are diocesan priests for the most part. And so they would have to resign from that and join the SSPX. They're free to do what they wish, as far as I know, but they're not looking to um, resign from uh, being a diocesan priest, being under the bishop of their diocese, and again, become part of an SSPX parish that might put them in a different sort of questionable situation. So uh, that's all I can say about it. Um, uh, You can attend Mass at the SSPX, you say, but there's none around you. The Church does not look favorably upon it because they still have a standing of being in schism. Um, If anyone can show me otherwise, people have sent me articles but I need to, I think I need to, to uh, hear directly from a Cardinal Raymond Burke, a Father uh, um, uh, Murray, um, uh, good, solid canon lawyers who have affirmed uh, as good as uh, many good things about the SSPX. And um, I think Father Lefebvre will probably be a saint one day. I, I can't say that, but that's what I think of him. But still... Um, uh, they're not able, willing, or free to say that the SSPX is not in schism. So I would not recommend anyone go to a church that's in schism. The church itself allows us to go to SSPX if there's no other way for us to receive our Lord on a Sunday. Go ahead, James. And next is an email from B, and B writes, Hi, Mother. You are recommending Surprised by Truth and the book Fundamentalism and Catholicism. Absolutely. Would you also recommend Apologia for Tradition by Matei? I have this one, but have not yet taken time to read. I have some neighbors who love God intensely, but are welded to Scripture only. Please advise. Um, B, um, if it's uh, Robert Matei, the historian, absolutely. I have not read Apologia for Tradition, but... I would assume it's right on. If it's by Robert Matei, I would assume it's right on. No problem in the world. And another apology I would read is Apologia Pro Sua. That's an apology for life. It's the conversion of um, John Henry Cardinal Newman, and it helped me into the church. Apologia Pro Pro Sua. If the people that are uh, coming to you are welded in Scripture... Um, I would give them that one before even Apologia for Tradition, Apologia Pro Sua. Um, Okay, thank you, B. Next, we have another anonymous email, and this person says, Dear Mother Miriam, my family and I attend a Latin parish, and although women are, for the most part, modest, everyone seems to have a different standard. Uh Many women, including their young daughters, wear sleeveless or short skirts and tight-fitted dresses and skirts that are above their knees. Priests will rarely, if ever, speak about this subject during a homily, and I don't blame women for not knowing. I personally was never aware of what was considered modest until a few years ago when I saw a sign outside a different Latin parish. It is only because of you speaking about modesty on the radio that I learned the details of it and even what a pope had written about it. Mm -hmm. I've heard stories about how Padre Pio was very strict on women's attire and wouldn't even want women whose skirts were above their knees to enter the church. That's right. I can understand why women get offended, but I also see how inconsiderate this is to the many young men and fathers at our Latin parish. Right. It saddens me that these women do not think about how they can be a huge distraction and temptation to these men, especially during Mass. Just learning about the history of fashion, it was really shocking to me how the evil one has worked through this industry. 
Do yeah. you have any suggestions on how women can be properly educated on modesty? Thank you and God bless. Anonymous. Yes. Well, I hear the music for the break there, James. So we'll we'll get to this after the break. But um, it's just ignorance is what it is. It's ignorance. Uh, people need to understand why their dresses should be long, why their sleeves should be wrong, why their neckline should be high, and why men should not wear thongs and short shorts, shorts to church. It's not just a women's issue, and it's beyond dress. It's spe- it's modesty. It's speech. It's it's posture. It's how we live. So um, modesty is imitating Saint Joseph and the Blessed Virgin. Um, but we'll get to more when we come back from the break, dear ones. It'll be our last segment. We'll have 10 minutes. Still time for you to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 We'll be right back. The spirit world is fascinating, mysterious, complex, and potentially dangerous. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're hosting a new show Saturdays on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. We'll help you uncover some of the mysteries and answer your questions about angels, demons, eternal life, and how the spiritual and the physical worlds interact. Join us for The Spirit World every Saturday at 11 a.m. right here on the Station of the Cross. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals? Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. We are helping to bring the Catholic community together through our Catholic Community Events page. You can discover the details about a community calendar event that you've heard on the air. Just click on the events tab at thestationofthecross.com and find your local station. If your parish or Catholic organization has an upcoming event and you'd like to get the word out, you can submit it for consideration under the events tab as well at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our uh, last segment. Um... And we have 10 minutes, and again, you're welcome, dearest, to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Um, Toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. James, where are we? 
So we were reading through an email from someone who wrote in anonymously and was disappointed about some of the dress that they're noticing in their Latin parish. So they were wondering if you had any suggestions on how women can be properly educated about modesty. Yes. Um, you know, um, your outward expression gives a message about your heart and your values and who you are trying to attract. And if you dress exposing your body, wearing tight clothing, wearing low-cut tops, sleeveless dresses, short skirts above the knees, this is nothing new. This has always been the case. Picture our Blessed Mother. If you cannot picture her in a sleeveless dress, in a tight top, or low cut, uh, with anything immodest peeking out, uh, or a skirt above the knees. If you cannot picture her that way, don't dress that way. You say, well, that come on, it's 2,000 years ago, that was the culture. It's still the culture. It's God's culture. It's God's culture that our bodies be modest and covered. There's a fantastic article. Um, during the break, I was looking for articles on modesty. I wish I had time to read it because it's absolutely wonderful. It's on the website, catholicstraightanswers.com, catholicstraightanswers.com, and the title is, Are There Any Norms for Modest Dress? And this is, um, the answer is tremendous. It says, yes, in accord with the virtue of modesty, um, Paul's letter to the Galatians um, is um, he lists modesty as one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, perfections that the Holy Spirit forms in us as the fruits of eternal glory. Father John Harden defined modesty as the virtue that moderates all the internal and external movements that appearance and appearance of a person according to his or her endowments, possessions, station in life. Um, and four virtues are commonly included under modesty. Four of them now. Humility, studiousness, and two kinds of external modesty, which is in dress and general behavior. Um, that's from his cat, the, pothic, the uh, Pocket Catholic Dictionary of 1985. The article goes on to explain everything and detail it. I would recommend catholicstraightanswers.com, and the article is, quote, are there any norms for modern dress, end quote. You will get the entire article. I might read it through on a, a program one day. It's truly, truly excellent. If you dress to attract men or anyone else, you will not be modest. You will not be modest. You need to dress to attract God, to not attract God, but to please God, to give him glory, uh, to show the truth about who he is, and who you are in him, which is a lovely vessel, man or woman, that draws attention to God and his glory, not to you to, or to your body. So um, uh, there are many popes, um, as our um, emailer said, many popes that have written about this, uh, Pope Pius XI, the 10th, um, the 12th, um, others that have written about this. So um, uh, I would say, um, let me see who is our um, anonymous wrote in. Uh, if you can, uh, at your Latin parish, start a little class on modesty. Start a class at one of the at the church. 
you know, well, there's a children's class going on, maybe start a class for women's modesty, or women's, or call it other than modesty, um, women's um, uh, glory, uh, start a class, title it something very beautiful, and speak about those issues. Uh, because they're not optional, actually. They're not optional. And women must know that. So maybe God will use you in doing that. Make sure there's no critical spirit, but only an informative, educational spirit. And not to what not do's and don'ts, don't do this, do this. But why don't do this? Why don't do this? Why? We need to know the whys of what we do, why we do what we do. Um, uh, James, do we have a caller? Yes, we will welcome to the show Paul in Massachusetts, and I believe Paul has a question for you, Mother. So welcome back, Paul, and go ahead with your question for Mother. Hi, Paul. Good morning, good morning, Mother. First of all, I'll just say I will have more time to call you uh, in the future now because I am retired as of last week, so I am very blessed about that. And oh, I will let right. God use me as an instrument. Good, Believe me, I, and I, I, I will. My, I know you're running out your short time, but quickly, I know somewhat rhetorical. I mean, we know that... Uh, I don't understand, and I, I realize that he doesn't have the backbone to do it. Doesn't the Holy Father Pope have the authority to publicly excommunicate any Catholic who's in public office, any not just in the United States, around the world, who continually stands in the way against church teaching, not only on the abortion issue and on the right, but also Biden did come out recently and said that he will do everything he can to fight to allow civil uh, a marriage of, of, uh, yeah. of same-sex couples. Right. You know, mm-hmm. And I mean, again, what he's doing there, mothers, he's throwing gasoline on his eternal fire. He's undermining his eternal salvation even more. So, I mean, I'd wish the, the Holy Father, he has the power, he has the authority, get the backbone up, do it publicly, make a make a issue of this. And, you know, and I don't care what the media would say, saying, oh, he's too rigid. That's rubbish. He's, that's what he's called to do as the vicar of Christ. And I wish they'd, the, 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 the bishops and his brother bishops would stop beating around the bush saying, hey, you know, we need more. We meet, we need more Bishop Strickland's and Bishop Cordleone's out there. We do. And I just wanted to forget your, your comment on that, if you would, please. Well, I think the Eternal Father himself is throwing fire on his eternal future by not speaking out and excommunicating someone like Biden. But more than that, Paul, President Biden has excommunicated himself. Anyone that calls himself a Catholic and receives communion unworthily, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, brings condemnation to himself. He has already excommunicated himself. He doesn't need the Pope to do it. He's already on his way to an eternity in hell apart from repentance. Right. That's why we have to be the, the most important mission we have as Catholics, lay and ordained and, and, and consecrated. Is And I told the seminarians that, that I, I every time I would meet with them, the four of them, three of them had born ordained, two priests and one of Christians teaching, you're there for two purposes only, conversion of sinners, and salvation of souls to get your flock, get the sheep to heaven. That's it. That's their mission. That's absolutely the mission, um, without any question. And why uh, priests and bishops and cardinals and popes have become so weak, so so uh, afraid, um, uh, just as parents have stopped parenting, 
it's it's a tragedy and it's it's the plot of satan to be popular to not offend people just as the woman wrote in she doesn't want to ruin her relationship between her catholic son and the atheist woman he's marrying who won't marry in the church or raise the children catholic she must ruin that relationship why doesn't she want to ruin it because the priorities are off because we want people to feel good and we want them to feel our support but if they feel our support supporting them on the way to hell we are accountable for that we are accountable for that there's no love in that there's no, God no bless love your mother. In that. i'll talk to you soon all right dearest paul god bless you my brother um, James, I'm so happy to have you with you. Me, I, I just love it. You're wonderful. People have told me how much they love you joining me on the program, and, and I love it too. So I'm so happy to be back with all of you after being gone two days. You had two days of encores, and as far as I know, if the creek don't rise, we'll be here tomorrow and every day after. I love you all. Let's join in this together. Live in uncompromising faith. Live as if the faith is true because it is true and there is no other faith that our Lord has given to get us to heaven. God bless you. Speak with you tomorrow.